Hello, and welcome to this episode of Science Solutions and Sprinkles with Sarah Jane. Today, I want to talk all about vitamin B12. But before I get started, I want to give you my disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or mitigate any disease. It is for informational purposes only, and before making any changes to your diet or supplement program, please consult a physician. Now that's out of the way, let's talk all about B12. The first thing that comes to mind for me with B12 is the only way that you can have too much B12 is if you fill a bathtub with it and drown in it. Let that sink in. This is a joke I heard when I was working for Natural Grocers, and it's interesting because it is a water-soluble vitamin, Um, It looks scary. So if we look at the actual name in an ingredient declaration, it shows up as methylcobalamin or cyanocobalamin. And it can look really scary on an ingredient declaration, but it's really just B12. So as I mentioned, B12 is water soluble and you would literally have to drown in it to get too much. In my first write-up of this podcast, I was going to say that it changes your pee color because I noticed that when you take too much of it, but then I read that it's actually excreted through your bile, so actually you poop it out instead of pee it out. Um, it's kind of like food coloring or beets. If you've ever had a green beer on St. Patty's Day, it turns your poop green, not your pee. When you eat beets, same idea, so it's excreted in your bile. Vitamin B12, what is it? It's cobalamin. And then it's bound with another form, um, another compound to make up the forms that we see in our food and in our supplements. Cobalamin is one of the eight of the B vitamins. Even though it's called B12, there's still only eight B vitamins. There are six common forms. The most common you're going to see are the cyanocobalamin. You'll see that in supplements. So that's basically the cobalamin structure with uh, another carbon and um nitrogen attached to it. Hydroxocobalamin, um, which is an oxygen and a hydrogen attached to it. And then the methyl form, which is a carbon and three hydrogens attached to it. So cyanocobalamin is the most common you see in supplements. That's because it's the most shelf stable. So it doesn't degrade as quickly as other forms. So really common to see a little bit cheaper form or less expensive form. Um, But again, it's better for shelf life so they get a better potency over the lifetime of the product. The hydroxocobalamin is what you find in our food. It's also what's in our body. Um, Good sources of B12, by the way, are animal products, but you need a healthy animal um, in order to get adequate amounts of nutrition out of that animal. And I feel like that's a whole nother podcast talking about why it's important to eat healthy animals and to avoid factory farmed animals. The best source of B12 in food is actually beef liver, and you'll get about 70 micrograms on average from beef liver. I encourage people to eat organ meats, you know, once a once a quarter, once a month. Um, you don't have to eat them all the time. It used to be a habit for people to eat them every week, and they're just very nutrient-dense, vitamin and mineral-dense. Then the final form that I'm going to be covering for the most common are is the methyl form. And in my opinion, that's the best form because a lot of people lack good methylation function. Um, so it's the best form to look for in a supplement. I'll get more towards the end of the podcast into dosage and how much to take and how much you require. 
So we know what B12 looks like from a structural standpoint, but how does it work in the body? So it assists with metabolism. So it's involved in both fatty acid metabolism as well as amino acid metabolism. Uh, So metabolism means building things, right? So we're breaking down catabolism and then we're metabolizing. So we're building what our body actually needs to function. In the case of B12, we're building what our body needs. It's actually a cofactor in DNA synthesis. Um, So think about the many implications of a lack of DNA synthesis um, can cause. Um, Body in repairing, in aging, energy. Um, It's really interesting to me too because B12, the ability to absorb it decreases with age. And there's a lot of reasons. If you're perfectly healthy, it's not going to decrease. But who's perfectly healthy? Um, the lack can cause, uh, pernicious anemia where you don't make as many red blood cells and talk about energy going down when you don't have enough red blood cells to deliver oxygen everywhere in your body. Um, the lack can also cause an increase in homocysteine levels. Um, if you know about homocysteine, it's a marker of inflammation, great indicator in heart disease, supplementing B12 studies don't show that it helps, it helps reduce homocysteine, but doesn't have an impact or correlation with reduced risk of heart disease. Um, But it can give you some energy. And I think that's why a lot of people take it or why you see it in things like energy drinks. So who needs to take B12? Now that we know what it does, we know that the ability to die to absorb it decreases with age. Um, Who needs to take it? Vegans, right? If animal sources are the good sources, vegans are by far the standout of who needs to take it and their babies. So mothers who have new babies, they need their kids um, to take it because if you're a lactating mom and you don't have a good vitamin B12 status, you're not going to pass it on to your kids. Um, People who have had GI surgery, especially gastric bypass, you're not absorbing as many nutrients. Um, I can only think of what else you're missing, but especially B12 because it requires an intrinsic factor um, in order to be bonded and absorbed. um, There's only so much passive um, infusion or passive absorption that you can do. The elderly, um, so the stats that I read were 15% over 65 are deficient in vitamin B12, and then 43% of people in senior communities. Um, This kind of mirrors data that's out there on vitamin D as well, but B12, again, really important for healthy red blood cells, really important for DNA synthesis, and for a lot of things that, um, that also decline as we age. So B12 status is important. Um, any people who have used prolonged um, antacid use, so if you take a lot of Prilosec um, or you have lower HCL, um, low stomach acid, that will actually decrease absorption as well. So taking a supplement is important. Any other damage to the gut through autoimmune disease, for instance, celiac, um, anybody who has celiac should be taking a B12 supplement as well. So let's talk about dosage. Um, by the numbers. So the half-life in your body is about six days. Um, so you can get away with a large dose two times a week. Um, I'm definitely a fan of not having to take a ton of pills every day or a ton of, in the case of B12, you can do liquids or chewables. There's a lot of ways to get it in. Um, but you could actually do a large dose two times a week, or you could take it every day if you wanted. Um, again, it's water soluble. Your body's going to get rid of it. 
The overall absorption in the studies for B12 from the diet ranged from about 11% to 65%. So when they were calculating the dietary recommendations, they they assumed 50% absorption, which is not really realistic because we don't absorb it that well. Sure, we can absorb up to 65%, but averages, again, from intake from the diet to actually absorb it. So you say you eat a thousand um, micrograms, you're only going to absorb, you know, a hundred um, when we're talking about, or 110 in the case of 11 to 65%. And when they made the RDA, which is the recommended dietary allowance, that's the amount to prevent illness. That's not the amount for optimal health. So that's to prevent pernicious anemia. That's to prevent megaloblastic anemia. They assumed 50% absorption. So I would say that the RDA is pretty low on this. Um, and it's 2.4 micrograms. Now, when they talk about in, again, in metabolism courses, or um, when you look up physician references, treatment for deficiency is actually 2000 micrograms. Um, so two milligrams converts to 2000 micrograms. So if you look at supplements on the market, you're going to see anywhere from 500 micrograms to 2000 micrograms. I'm sure you'll see more. Again, you your body doesn't absorb it all. Um, it's going to it's gonna be, excre- what your body does absorb and doesn't use is going to be excreted in bile. Um, it is uh, a much underappreciated nutrient. Um, I think B12 is an important, as with most supplements, um, if you're not lacking the nutrient, you won't likely notice a difference when you're taking it. Um, but if you are lacking it, it might make you feel better. Um, it's one of my core supplements. So I'm working on a blog post or a blog post and a podcast right now that will go through um, the core supplements. B12 is definitely one of them for me. Again, that's a whole nother podcast coming soon. Um, if you need a product recommendation um, for B12 or for other supplements, um, you know, hey, what's your favorite form of this? Um, shoot me an email. My email is sciencesolutionssprinkles at gmail.com. Again, this is Sarah Jane. The podcast is Science Solutions and Sprinkles with Sarah Jane. And I appreciate you listening.